0: Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 16 of our Eagles podcast, the No Huddle Show, right here on NJ.com. With me, I'm Joe Gillio. We have Elliott Shore Parks. We have Mark Echo. We're here with you every week. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We'll get to all that kind of stuff later on. Right now, though, we have to get right into what happened yesterday. Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles coming off what was their biggest win of the season in Dallas last Sunday night. All the talk all week long was this a turning point. Here they go. The schedule's setting up for them. They go out there with a big lead in the first quarter, and about three hours later, it's the total opposite a 20 to 19 loss for the Eagles at home to the Dolphins. Elliot, we'll start with you here. You know, just take me through the, what you were thinking during that game, uh, as every Eagles fan had all the, the roller coaster of emotions. Ta- take me through your thought process when they're up early in that first quarter, they finally have a big first quarter, and then the way the whole thing played out.
1: I remember sitting in the press box next to uh, Mark and just being like, man, this is a bad Dolphins team. Like, you know, the Eagles went up 16 to three. The Dolphins looked a mess. They had that horrible play on the kickoff where he, the guy took it out to the one yard line and slipped. And we just remember sitting there and being like, hey, they're going to they're going to beat the Dolphins. And, you know, they have the Bucks. They're coming off that big win off the Cowboys. You know, then they have the Lions. And, you know, maybe things are really finally starting to come together. And then it just all kind of fell apart. And I think Lane Johnson put it best after the game when he said, "Normally, and I agree with them, over these past two years with Chip, when the Eagles jump on a team early, they very rarely give up. I mean, you know, a lot of times you see the Eagles go up early, and then you know it, they end up winning by like thirty points or twenty five points. So it was surprising yesterday to, to see that happen. I mean, and the thing I keep thinking is, if if we were all so sure the Dolphins are a bad team." You know, what does that make the Eagles now? You know, I mean, if they're going to blow that game to the Dolphins at home, to an interim head coach, when you're up 16 to three, you only score three points the rest of the way. Now you've played nine games. You've lost five of them. I mean, is it is it time after yesterday just to say this is not a good Eagles team? And there's no more. They're playing bad. There's no more, you know, as they turn things around, you know, give them more time to turn things around. They do this well. N- none of that. Is it just time to say flat out? This is not a good football team.
0: It might be. I mean, they have a, a lot. This is a big sample now. This isn't a couple weeks of blown leads. not a couple weeks of just up and down play. This is, to me, what the Eagles are, whether it's bad or mediocre or poorly coached. They are what they are. Mark, take me through your thinking and then, and then give me your thoughts on that. I mean, is this what the
2: Eagles are? The Eagles lost? <laughs> I, I left when it was 16. I had, a, I had an emergency I had to attend to out of town. I left. It was sixteen. I thought they won like thirty five to six or something. No? That didn't happen? Not Brad Bradford was in the happen. game, yeah. Damn. Okay. No, seriously. I was stunned. I, I I we we're all wrong in this business from time to time. You know, we all think things are gonna happen and you know, it happens. I, hopefully to be good, you're you're right more than you're wrong. I've never been more wrong. Ever in 30 years of covering his team, I never. I mean, this game, and it, it looked it played out like I thought for the first quarter and a half. I think the Dolphins were as bad as I expe- I thought they would be. Um, Elliot brought up the point, the guy on the one that was the dumbest play I've ever seen. The safety uh, at 16-3, The Eagles are driving to make it twenty two to three or twenty three, whatever you know, whatever it would have been twenty three to three. First and first and ten to twelve. They're going to, it's going to be a blowout. Like Elliot said, we're talking about, all right, so what are we going to write about? I mean, that's the, hopefully maybe I look at, we'll do something. got to do something on Brent Selleck having the game of his life. We will do something. And it, and then they, that draw to me, that turned everything around. They should have got a touchdown. When you're first at in to 12, you're supposed to get a touchdown. Bradford took a bad sack on, on, on first down. Josh Huff dropped a, a catchable ball. It was kind of a little low, but could have been caught. Third down, they completed a little five yard dump. And then, then they missed a bad snap, missed the field goal, and nothing went right again. Nothing. From the, that time on, it went from putting the game away to nothing going right. And it shouldn't, one play shouldn't have that kind of an impact if you are a good team. And like, I mean, this is not, I mean, am I ready to say this is a bad team? I'm close. It's, it's certainly not a good team. We cannot call this a good team. I mean, they played nine games. And if I had to grade every game, the only the only game I would give a good grade to is the win over the Giants. And that just might be that they For some reason, they just always play well against the Giants.
0: It might
1: be. And, and, Brad, and,
2: and the quarterback play in that game was not very good. No, I mean, they the haven't team really – Right,
1: played. but I guess I, – well, I was, what I was saying was to your point. I mean, they haven't really put together a – complete game at all this season and it's been nine games so i agree with you i mean um i think i was i was out a few nights ago and someone asked me if i had to describe this team in three words what what would i say and i think like you were saying i don't know if i'm ready to call them a bad team they're definitely not a good team i think what i said was they're inconsistent but talented and i think that's that showed perfectly yesterday i mean they dominate to start bradford looks good you know he's he's out on the run hitting people the defense is playing great and then all of a sudden, it just completely falls apart. And to me, that is the mark of a bad team, you know, just inconsistency.
0: They're very inconsistent. And, and what, the only thing that's consistent about the Eagles, it feels like, is they invent ways to lose games. I mean, so many of the games they've lost this year, we go back afterwards and we pick out a player or two. Mark, you were talking about the turning point there. I mean, but yesterday, that Dolphins team, like I think everyone was saying what you guys were saying in the press box. They stink. You know, they had two blowout oh, yeah. losses in a row. They came in without Cameron Wake. They are banged up in different places. And the Eagles take a big lead. They outgain them by 147 yards. And and they blow the game. I mean, it took a big effort for the Eagles to lose that game. Seven penalties Mm. were involved. Before we get to the quarterback situation, now the injury and uh, the uncertainty around Sam Bradford, the one question I wanted to kind of start with here, because I think it encompasses everything for both of you, are the Eagles a poorly coached team? Think about all the errors they have mentally, physically, what happens during these games. Elliot? I mean, we said before the year, and I think we all still think Chip Kelly is a a bright guy and a good football coach, but this team right now, are they a poorly coached team? You know, that that is a very good question
1: because if you asked me that a different way, if you said, is Chip Kelly a good head coach, I would say absolutely. I think there's no doubt about that. I think he's one of the better offensive minds in the game. These are things I, I believe. That being said, if you look at the first nine games and you look at how this team's losing and you look at the way the offense looks... There isn't really much proof on the field that that this is a well-coached team. And there isn't much proof that Chip is a good offensive mind this year. So, do I think they're a poorly coached team? I don't know, because I think Chip's a good head coach. But that being said, they have all the marks of a poorly coached team. They lose with dumb penalties. You know, yesterday you had a touchdown negated because Riley Cooper wasn't lined up on the line of scrimmage. That's the second time this year that happened. I mean, these are, like, simple things the team's doing that... A well, they 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 play like a team that's like you put it, that's not well coached. I mean, they, they lost yesterday to an interim head coach, and they lost, like the Dolphins were the, supposed to, were supposed to be the team falling apart. The Dolphins were supposed to be the team that weren't well coached that that you know are looking for their next coach. The Eagles are paying their coach seven point five million dollars a year, and this is what this is what they got yesterday out of that. So I think this loss absolutely falls on Chip Kelly. I think they didn't look prepared, and I I think you know. I'm not certainly I'm not on the bandwagon of Chip has to go, Chip's a problem, Chip can't win in the NFL. I don't believe any of that. I think Chip's gonna be a very successful head coach. But this year, I think it's fair to say now when you look at the whole picture of the nine games, maybe
0: they have not been a well coached team. Mark, how about you on that? I mean you've been yeah, around I, a lot of coaches. You've seen yeah, a I, lot you've seen a lot of teams that are well coached and right. not. Where do you fall on this?
2: I, I disagree totally that they're not well coached. I think I don't blame I know people want to blame Chip for this, that. He, he didn't tell Riley Cooper to not line up right. He didn't tell John Dornbos to make a bad snap. So and Kayla Sturgis to miss a field goal. He didn't tell Mark Sanchez not to throw the ball to a wide open Brent Selleck and try to force it to Miles Austin. No, he designed the play that had Brent Selleck wide open. He designed the play that that would have been a touchdown if Riley Cooper didn't line up, you know, on in, in the right spot. So I mean. I won't say this team is poorly coached. This team has a – and I might blame Chip Kelly, the general manager who constructed this, this team. This is, this is a team with a very low football IQ. They're, I mean, we're serious. And maybe just a low IQ in general. Who are the smart guys on this team? Who are the guys that do smart things? I think DeMarco well, is. Yeah, well, who constructed I mean, it? Chip Kelly? Yeah, You want to blame him? Yeah. I want say they're poorly constructed and blame him and Ed Manowitz for, being, for not putting together a smart team. I will go right along with that. But I don't think they're poorly coached. I don't like, like, like you said, you know, they, they do dumb things. He's not coaching them to do. I mean, how can you coach a guy to, I mean, Mark Sanchez knows, I mean, he's been in the league how many years? He shouldn't throw that ball there. Don't throw that either. Either if, if you don't see Selleck open, then just throw it away and go in and now they down and do something. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. So sometimes I think we, 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 um, Absolve the players from 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 mistakes and want to blame the coach for whatever reason. I I'm, i think this one is on the players. I mean Jason See, Coles, I mean, I understand, Jason Coles, I understand that, Mark, but then there's
0: plays, there's plays there's plays like when Murray yeah. gets hit in the back of the head with the football and Miles Austin's not looking when the ball is coming. Doesn't that I mean, isn't that preparation during the week and practicing these plays? I mean it almost feels like they're drawing it up in the huddle and they go, or well, no huddle, they but drawing up on the sideline.
2: No, I mean when a new quarterback comes in a game, there's going to be some miscommunication that that just happens. I mean, pick a team. And when, a, when the backup comes in, you're not used to that guy. There's going to be some mistakes, but I mean, Sanchez moved, came, didn't move the ball. They, they moved the ball. He moved the ball forward. better than Bradford did. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did.
1: They they averaged okay. more yards per drive with Sanchez in the game than they did Bradford. But what I wanted to say to what, I mean, well, I want to say to what, what Eccles point was, I agree with you that, the players – I mean, in any NFL game, the players a lot of times have way more outcome uh, – way more say on the outcome than the coach does. And you're right. That was a good play designed by Chip. But I'm starting to wonder if this season – I think he's designing good plays. But, I mean, you can say for any head coach that ends up getting fired, like, yeah, well, if he had better players, he would have done a better job. But Chip brought these guys in, but number two, oh, I mean – I'll give you – I'm ripping that. Cooper lining up on – like, Cooper lining up wrong – you're right. He didn't tell Cooper to line up wrong, but Cooper should – I mean, it's Chip's job to coach Cooper to the point where
2: he doesn't make those type of mistakes. That that's my my point. Like these are silly mental mistakes they're making. Ten guys knew what to do on that play, Cooper didn't. So ten guys were coached properly. Cooper's a mental midget. Right? Let's be honest. (laughs) I mean a
0: mental midget with a giant cap number, which is just ridiculous. (laughs) I I mean, do you think Chip has done a good job this year?
2: As a coach. Do you think Chip's done a good job this year? As a coach, as a coach, I think he's done. He, I think he's been okay. not bad, not great. I mean, I see the plays. I see guys. I see guys open all the time, and I don't. And they're not getting the ball to the right guys. I, I see mistakes being made. I mean, Jason Kelsey, your Pro Bowl center who everyone loves and adores, and all oh, Jason Kelsey, he stinks this year. He's, he's been he's terrible. been awful. He's been awful. That's that's Chip Kelly's. That's not even Chip Kelly's guy. He didn't bring him in. I mean, what's right, well,
1: there? But all right, so maybe I mean this will probably transition to the quarterback talk. But to me, though, you, it's hard to separate Chip the coach from Chip the GM well, no, because they're, he he they're brought they're,
2: these guys in. I mean, you they, know what I mean? Like, rip him as a GM, sure. I'll, he didn't bring Kelsey in or Cooper. He didn't
1: bring Kelsey in, but he did bring Bradford in. And yeah. I mean, that's successful. been to me. So all right, so as a larger picture, when you talk about who, like, like a lot of fans will say, and a lot of other media members will say, like. You know, Chip can't win in the NFL. Look at this year. His offense doesn't work. They're not scoring points, blah, blah. But Chip's offense has been really good the previous two seasons. This year, he's got Bradford as his quarterback, and the team's struggling. So to me, when when, and this is more to Mark's point, when you talk about defending Chip, I agree. I think Chip is a a very good head coach. I think ultimately the team's going to be fine in the long run if Chip remains their head coach. But this year, I think the major problems you're seeing is they're getting bad quarterback play. And it's hard to run any—you can be the best coach in the world— if you got Ryan Leaf as your quarterback, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not going to last. So this year Sam they look like a poorly Sam coached.
2: Bradford played well yesterday. He played he well here. for the first quarter. He was 19 for 25 with,
1: 200 for, yeah, like, he with, was, with right. four drops. He played well. Right. With four but drops. You, I'm, right. No, I'm saying when you look at the overall nine games of the season, would you agree they've gotten bad quarterback play?
0: It's gotten Average better. at best. Average at well, it's best. It's gotten better. I think it's gotten better. It's gotten it. better. Right. Over, it, over the
1: past it, it, three quarters, it got better. It was, he was good in the second half against Dallas and then he was good. All right. So four quarters, he was good for the first half against Miami. But my point is like Joe said, is this a poorly coached football team? I think maybe yesterday you can point, you know, to some mental mistakes, but I agree with Mark that overall, this team is four and five, not because of Chip Kelly, the coach they're four and five because of the, of the players and uh, the quarterbacks are a big part of that
0: he's a very big part of it. Both of them are now. And and we'll get to all the other positions here, including the wide receiving core and all the the mess they have everywhere else in this team. But let's get to the quarterback situation now. So Sanchez had to come in that game because Sam Bradford was injured, had to come off the field, took x-rays on his shoulder. Um, As the timing of this podcast is right now, we're waiting to hear what this is going to be. But he had to have x-rays on his shoulder. He's not doing great there. And he's in concussion protocol right now. So Next week, the week after, it's all up in the air right now for Sam Bradford. Sanchez comes in. They move the ball, like you said, Elliot. Actually, you know, yards per drive and all that better than when Bradford Bradford was out there. But ultimately, Sanchez throws that pick at the end. Uh, But Chip Kelly did say something interesting on Monday morning on Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia, saying that Bradford's the quarterback. When he's healthy, he's the guy. It doesn't matter what Sanchez does now uh, over the next week or so, but... Give me your thoughts when when Sanchez came in that game. Elliot, I know all year long you've been kind of talking about the quarterback situation and Sanchez and how there's not much difference between these two guys. And I found it ironic that it was a red zone interception by Sanchez that ultimately was their undoing because Bradford leads the league in that. Yeah, I mean, Sanchez was exactly what
1: I've always said he would be. I thought he moved the ball better, and he did. I mean, in the limited drives he had, the Eagles averaged more yards per drive yesterday than they did under Bradford. As Mark pointed out in the press box yesterday, which I think is true, just to the naked eye, just watching it, I thought the offense moved faster. They looked like they were just, you know, the offense was moving better. After the game, some of the some of his teammates, uh, Lane Johnson said, Sanchez emphasizes pace more than Bradford does. So I do think they will move fast with Sanchez. That being said, Sanchez threw that interception. And that's what, this is what you're going to get out of Sanchez. And my point was never that Sanchez is like way better than Bradford or that, you know, like, he he's, he's a Pro Bowl player and Bradford isn't. My point was, they're probably the same guy. Sanchez might be a little better. He's had a better career. He costs way less. And so my point was always, you know, why aren't you better with Sanchez in there than Bradford? And I think you saw that yesterday. I mean, this is what you're going to get under Sanchez. They're going to move the ball. They're going to score points. He's going to have turnovers. But with Bradford, he was turning the ball over this year. So in the long oh, run,
2: if... It, early.
1: Early. Well, but regardless, over nine games, he's got 10 interceptions. So in last year, in nine games, Sanchez had 11 interceptions, and I'm sure you could point to stretches last season when he didn't have, you know, he went a few games without without turning the ball over. But ultimately, we don't know how long Bradford's going to be out, but I think if Bradford misses, you know, they have two games in the next 11 days. If Bradford misses both of them, I think they'll get just as good quarterback play, if not maybe slightly better.
0: Mark, your thoughts on that? I mean, I know that the quarterback situation now has become a big question now with, with yeah. what happened to Bradford. And it looked worse than it was. I mean, when it first happened and he walked off the field holding his left arm the way he did, the first thing I thought of was, you know, there goes his collarbone or the yep. shoulder. Or he's going to be out a long time. Luckily, as of now, it seems like they avoided that.
2: Absolutely. And I agree. I, I, when he went down, Elliot and I both said not, we weren't alone, saying, yeah, this, oh my, you know, this looks like Nick Foles last year, broken yeah. collarbone. Almost we- a year – almost exactly one week later. I mean, it's amazing the the timing of it. Um, Sanchez does look more comfortable in this offense than Bradford. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, he's also been in it a lot. He's been in it a whole year long. That, that's something I think that is a lot, that plays a part in it. Um, and I, Sanchez, I mean, Everything was going so nice for him until he throws that pick, and 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 isn't that that the story of his of his career? Jets fans know better than than we do. I mean, it's a shame. I mean, if 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 Mark Sanchez could get one mulligan a game, he would be a Pro Bowl quarterback. He would be a very he would be right there with the best because he if he can just get one. Okay, I want that pass back. That Miles, I mean that one back. Okay, get it back and do it again. He would throw it to it to be a touchdown. The Eagles would win. Everybody would be celebrating. I mean. That's the problem, though. He always has that one, and you're waiting for it. You know what's going to happen. It's just when. And, and, you know, can, can they overcome it? You know, and, and so that's why, and let's be honest, I don't think either one of these guys are the, is the guy that's going to take you, you know, to a Super Bowl victory. I mean, they're both guys. They're both, they're both better, better than a lot of the slop that's playing in the league right now. I mean, if Dallas had Mark Sanchez as their backup, they wouldn't have gone 0-7. Right. Without, I mean, he's better than Whedon and Castle. Right. I mean, right. If, Mark, right. If, Mark, if Mark Sanchez is on the Cowboys, if, if if he would have signed with the Cowboys last year when he was a free agent to be Romo's backup, Dallas is still in the race. Dallas is probably right in the mix with, the, they're probably four and five or five and four, whatever. Right. So yeah, he, you can win games with Mark Sanchez. There's no doubt in my mind you, that he can win. I've seen him win games. I mean, he's, and even though Chip said today, um, you know, Sam's my guy when he's healthy. Let's see what happens. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I don't think there's any way Bradford plays Sunday against Tampa Bay. Do you guys? I, would I doubt don't think that so. Is, but, and but then Chip they, keeps
1: like, not mentioning his shoulder. So I don't, I, you know, I don't think he's going to play a, Even the
2: concussion, even the concussion is going to keep him out, I think. I mean, yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, he's not going to play this week. I, I'll, I'll be stunned.
1: And it's going Uh-oh. to be tough to play against Detroit in four right. days.
2: Right. If you're not ready
0: Sunday, how are you ready the next Thursday? Exactly. That seems like That's a my lot. Point.
2: Right. So my point is I think Sanchez will get at least two starts. And let's say he really plays well. And they win both games. And now they're 6-5. and five. And they're in first place. Because the Giants lose to whoever they, they play coming off their bye. So they're, you're in first place. Sanchez is 2-0 and has looked good. He hasn't thrown any interceptions or maybe just one. Um, do you really go back to Bradford? That's, that's where that's, I can, hear. Gonna be, I can <laughs> It's going to become a
0: question mark. Yeah.
1: Uh, I can hear the excuses already. So Sanchez plays well for two games, and Bradford comes back. He doesn't play well, and everyone goes, oh, well, he's coming off an injury. Like, well they I play in more, New England in that
0: game, right? That's the New England yeah, game, and the, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, who, yeah. No matter who they put, they should just put Dan Lewis out there for that game because nobody, <laughs> they're not winning that game no matter what. They should just throw Dan Lewis to the Wolves up there in New England. that That's going to be ugly. But I
2: mean, Chip has done it before I mean, we've seen this before. At least I have. I mean, forget that old that old adage about you don't lose your job to injury. Tell that to Kevin Cobb. Tell that to Nick Fole. I mean to Mike Vick.
1: Tell that to Michael
2: Vick, yeah. Tell right. that to I mean, every quarterback Chip's ever had. I'm, well, Chip <laughs> didn't do to Kevin Cobb, I mean, that was Andy Reid. Kevin Not Cobb yet. was well, Kevin Cobb was the was the new he was the he was the you know, the new Donovan. That's why they traded Donovan. They gave Kevin Cobb gave him a new deal. He's the guy. He gets knocked out by Clay Matthews in game one of the season. Mike Vick comes in, his lights out. Cobb never got his job back. You know, we're, we're, we're really going to find out too. Like... Mike Vick, and again, Mike Vick start wins the job in training camp. Is, the, is Chip Kelly's first quarterback with the Eagles? Gets hurt. Nick Foles comes in, plays lights out. Mike Vick doesn't get his job back. So there's precedent here, guys. If Sanchez plays. Well, and they win. I don't know if you can take him out. I don't know. I don't think he can. And that—that's why we're we're really going to find out a lot. If well, we're, we'll we'll just
1: continue going with the assumption that Sanchez has two starts and plays well. We're really going to find out a lot about just how committed Chip is. Because I mean, even before the game, before the game even started yesterday, while well, we're sitting in the media room, kind of just talking, saying like you know. Like what? what, What's Chip going to do? Bradford's going to be a free agent. Like, how bad did does Chip really want Bradford? Did he want Mariota, or did he just take Bradford as a potential trade chip? Like, we're going to really find out now because if Sanchez plays well, the Eagles win. They're you know they're six and five. I mean, this could be an easy decision. Sanchez could play bad; they could be four and seven, and you regret. But if there's a decision to be made. It's going to be very interesting because Bradford is a free agent this off season, right? So you're basically, I mean, if Chip goes back to Bradford, that will tell me everything I need to know about Chip. Is really, really hoping Bradford's his guy because, you, like as Mark said, you know he he went to Foles when Vic was uh was hurt. He stuck with Foles last season. He stuck with Sanchez. Or well, Foles never came back. But I mean, if he, I think he probably would have start stuck with Sanchez. But regardless. We're going to find out a lot about just how committed Chip is to Bradford when when he's healthy enough to play.
0: We are, and unfortunately for Sanchez or for Bradford, and mostly unfortunately for Kelly, whatever quarterback's out there has to play with this receiving core that he's assembled, which we've talked about a lot this year. Fans have complained a lot this year. I mean, yesterday, uh, we're doing this podcast on a Monday. Sunday afternoon was just... The Panther game was bad because of all the drops, but yesterday was unbelievable. Miles Austin looked like he was on a different planet. I didn't think he competed for the ball that Sanchez threw the pick on in the end zone. He had a couple other,
2: you know, issues out there. And Riley oh, Cooper... How about the drop? How about the right. drop down the, down the sideline? It would have been, in, if not a touchdown, it would have got him down inside the 10. Couldn't get his feet in for the touchdown. That oh, another one. Know, Come on.
0: Oh, stop killer. it. Killer. It's, it's a killer. Sense. And then the last drive, he just didn't turn around for the football. You add that to Riley Cooper... Who hasn't had a catch in almost a month now? I mean, hasn't been
1: targeted in three weeks.
0: That is an unbelievable statistic. There, I mean, these are your start. <laughs> these are two of your four receivers, and they don't do anything. Uh, Mark, when you look at this receiving core, you've seen a lot of them over the years. I, I mean, this—it's unbelievable how inept they are in most moments of these games.
2: Yeah, and and again, I I didn't see this coming. I don't think any of us. I mean. I had Mike Quick, who I think is the greatest receiver in Eagles history. You can argue Harold Carmichael, Ty McDonald, but you know, I saw Quick play. He was, he was great, one of the greatest. I mean, if he's not the greatest, he's in the top three. And this is a guy, so he knows wide receivers, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking to somebody that never just, you know, another writer. I'm talking to a, a great receiver who told me before the season, he thought this was the best receiving group he's ever seen with the Eagles, Ever. He said, not, maybe not the two star, but the depth of it. He thought, he, he thought Aguilar was going to be a star. He thought Matthews was going to come in and, and, and really have a big year. He thought Josh Huff had all the talent in the world and was finally picking it up and was going to have a great year. And then he says, and then you got Cooper and Austin, two veterans that have been, you know, that, that know the game as you're four and five. This is a great group. This is going to, this group, and I believed him. Why wouldn't I believe him? And I'm, watch, and I'm watching it myself. Again, training camp is, is, it is what it is, but they didn't. They didn't show any signs of being this bad in training camp. They looked like, okay, this is pretty good. This could be, this could be special. And that's why I thought, you know what? Sam Bradford, he is what he is. Let's, let's be. Honest. I've been saying it all along. Sam Bradford is Sam Bradford. He's not going to wake up and become Joe Montana, or he's not going to wake up and become uh, Bobby Hoying either. He is what he is. But I thought with a good receiving group around them and, it, and two, good, two or three good running backs behind them, he's going to look better than he really is because of all this talent. Oh, my God. The receivers have made Sam Bradford worse than he is. And now they're Sanchez, too, for that matter. And I don't understand. I don't know what happened there. Uh, if you want to blame coaching, maybe the wide receiver coach isn't the greatest in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, and to me, it's amazing. Like, you know, we're nine games into the season, and Miles Austin is playing a significant role on this team. Yeah, I, mean, and I when, never when, <laughs> when me and When me and Mark were, like, talking about a 53-man roster, we said – yeah, they'll keep Austin, but he's like more like a player coach. And now he's like, they're, they're targeting him in key points of the game. I mean, I, I get Nelson Aguilar has, been, has missed the last three games. But why in the world would Miles Austin ever play more snaps than Nelson Aguilar? I mean, this guy's a first-round pick. You know, so, yeah, he's a rookie. Miles Austin's a veteran. But Aguilar and me and Mark both agreed with this. I mean, when they, when they picked Aguilar and the reality they weren't getting Mariota had finally sunk in, when they picked Aguilar – I thought that was maybe like one of the best picks they could have made outside of Mariota. And I thought he would have a, a big instant impact. So I thought would be rookie year. Yeah, so, and he's, he's been invisible. And, I mean, obviously a portion, oh, obviously hurt. a large part of that. Yeah, well, he's been hurt. But even when he's been healthy, he hasn't really had any big plays at all this year. But oh, he had the one feet. long catch. Yeah, he had the one long catch. But um, Miles Austin has a long catch too. But regardless, Miles Austin should not be on the field is my ultimate point. I think we, we can all agree on that. Especially, and look, that Sanchez interception—he deserves total blame for that. If I'm, if I'm not, if I'm going to blame Bradford for all the interceptions this year, it's only fair to blame Sanchez for that one. But I do agree with you, Joe, that he his effort on that play was very questionable. And then on on an incompletion on the final drive, the ball's in front of him, but he doesn't dive. He just kind of like gives up, like you know, like he the, the effort was not great from him yesterday. I I wouldn't be surprised if when the coaches watch that, maybe his his snap t- snap count goes down next week, but. Look, if you're gonna if know, you're gonna go to into this him. season, I
2: don't send a message.
1: I, I, I agree, because I, I I would cut them as well. But if you go into the season with the core of Matthews, Huff, and Aguilar, that's the three you really thought were going to be your guys. And Cooper, all of them have probably underperformed this year in one way or another. But you just gotta you gotta ride with them at this point. Don't don't have the season come down to the trio of Cooper, Austin, and Bradford. I mean, sir, like you know, does anybody think that trio is going to do anything? So just just ride with those three those three receivers and see what happens.
0: Now, I don't think they're going to do anything either. I don't think any of us do. And yet the two of them, Austin and Cooper, played nearly 100 snaps yesterday. Meanwhile, I mean, you barely see Darren Sproles on the field. He refuses to put Matthews outside. I mean, I, I just feel like they could make adjustments to get those guys off the field and get better, younger, or just better playmakers out there. It's, it almost feels like every time I look up at the screen, it's Austin and Cooper on the field and then one or two of the other guys, like you are talking about, Elliot, that – Probably should get more of an
2: opportunity. I don't. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes because it makes no sense. That's why <laughs> you don't understand it. Well, I mean, like
2: I think they got to get a a year or two on the field more. He's the one guy that you know has. He's, like, he's, had nothing, he hasn't done anything wrong yet, so let's let's give him a shot.
0: Give him a chance. Um, <laughs> the one thing I wanted to touch on here because last week we watched that game against the Cowboys, we we gave Dennis Kelly credit last week at right tackle. We gave Lane Johnson credit for filling in for Jason Peters, and the running game had really. Four weeks in a row, really revved up over 150 yards every time. The Dolphins, we talked about this last week, coming in, couldn't stop anyone on the ground. And this really, we thought, all three of us, and I think everyone, this was set up for the Eagles offensive line to keep playing well and the running game to keep playing well. And because of the quarterback issues and the penalties and the mistakes, that's got a little buried here. They couldn't run the football. You mentioned earlier uh, Mark, that Kelsey was awful, but the offensive line just in general just took a major step backwards. They couldn't block anyone yesterday, Mark.
2: Well, the interior. I didn't think the tackles, believe it or not, I don't think the tackles played. I didn't see a lot of pressure off the edge. Uh, what I saw was the interior. And the guy that we talked briefly about last week, and we kind of kind of dismissed him because we thought he was kind of just cashing in and was and Ndamukong Su, who is a very good player. Hadn't been playing very well for the Miami Dolphins, but was a was a top of the line, one of the best players, one of the best defensive players in the game when he was with the Detroit Lions. Signed a, you know, mega free agent deal with Miami. He was getting ripped. He was being called Albert Hainsworth II, you know, got his money, doesn't care. Well, he cared yesterday. He came to play for whatever reason. Somebody woke him up, and he played like the guy that was, a you know, a Pro Bowl player, for the Lions all those years, he dominated. He dominated Kelsey, Barber, anybody that got near him, he destroyed. And he's capable of doing that. He has that ability. That's why they gave him all that money that they gave him. But, you know, he hadn't really shown it much with the Dolphins. Uh, and yesterday he did. And he was a one-man force. I mean, people want to talk about Fletcher Cox being a great player. Fletcher Cox never played the way Sue played yesterday. Sue was just a dominant, dominant. And Cox, not taking nothing away from Fletcher Cox, but, you know, that's, that's what a dominant defensive lineman does. And he just, he took the Eagles out of a lot of things. What's amazing is
1: that they, like a lot of times this year when they haven't been able to run the ball, you look at the box, the the box sheet afterwards, and they ran it like 12 times or 18 times. I mean, you take away the quarterback run yesterday and they ran the ball 33 times yesterday. And so first time
2: they've lost when they run the ball more than 30 times.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and they, so they committed to the run. They just couldn't do it. I mean, 30, 33 times, you know, for uh, like 80 yards or, 30, or 33 times for 79 yards is what they ended up with yesterday. That's um, So not good. it's not, I'm not good at it's math. Not, that's,
2: not good.
1: It's not ideal. It's not ideal. So maybe, maybe that had something to do with, I mean, you know, the I don't know. Just You're right. I mean, Sue, Sue was dominant. Um, Lay Johnson said after the game that Sue's a type of player that when he wants to turn it on, he can. And unfortunately for the Eagles, he dominated yesterday.
2: You know, great. are you a little tired of Lane Johnson like ripping other teams' players for enough? Well, I would play? say
1: he's the one player this year that's been the most consistent on the offense. I mean, except, he's done except, good at both tactics, but
2: except for his seven penalties in eight games or nine games. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's not going to the Pro Bowl either. You know, let, 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 let's get that out of the way. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not, Lane's a nice guy. He's a good quote. He's playing fine. He's not, he's, he's the least of their problems. But enough of this. Every week, Greg, oh, Greg Hardy only plays me one. This guy only plays me one. Oh, it looks like some of your guys only play when they want to, too, Lane. How about, how <laughs> That's about true. calling out Miles Austin? Or how about calling out Riley Cooper? How about calling out some of your guys instead of ripping M. Dom and Kansu, who you'll never be as good as? Okay? It's a good point. You're right, Mark. I mean, it's a good point. And as we kind of
0: look forward here, uh, speaking of things that kind of bother me after these games, the way this team talks, I want your perspective on it because I just—I boggles my mind every week hearing the Eagles talk about, you know, the fact that they're still in this thing. And they I mean, have—that's have, the, the crazy thing. They are. <laughs> I, I know it's a fact, but it's just like, how about you go out there and win some football games instead of worrying about everyone else around you failing? I mean, if—if. If, Steven Gostowski misses that kick, 54 yards of that Giants-Pats game. That might have been the day yesterday we look at it and say, this is going to be too hard for the Eagles to come back from a two-game deficit. But that doesn't happen. They are still in this thing. They're a half out. But do you get the sense they mean that, that that's really what they're thinking? Or is this just what you're, they're saying after the game? Elliot, I think they believe it.
1: Because, I mean, when you look, how could they not believe it? They're a half game out with, what, seven games to go. They beat the team that's ahead of them. Really right. they beat easily. them, they easily smoke Right, so I mean, like, what what do players think? Is I think they're always going to think they're in it, but in terms of what I think, I absolutely think they're still in it, and I might still pick them to win the division, as bad as they played. Like, I mean, you know, like they're they're only half game out, and and they beat them, so all they have to do is end up tied with the Giants, and 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 they'll well, then I guess we'll have to look oh, at the the uh, right, but I I don't know. I mean, do you guys think they're gonna? I think they could still win the NF. I think they. Absolutely, I might still be they
2: favored. Can. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, the odds will come out today, but keep this in mind. I mean, <laughs> if they beat Tampa Bay Sunday and they're a seven point favorite to do so, again, I'm just throwing it not- out there. But there's that. So, you know, if they if they just hold form and win this, they're tied for first. Actually, they're in first because they they own the tiebreaker on the Giants. So with six games to go, they're in first. And the Giants schedule is daunting. It really is. I mean, they have their bye this week. They come off. they go to Washington, where the Redskins are playing way better than I dreamed possible. They got the Jets, who are a pretty good team, pretty good defense anyway. They go to Miami. Well, I don't think they're any good, but least, who knows. Then they, okay. got Car- then they got Carolina, the only good team in the NFC. Then they go to Minnesota, who is one of the you know, above-average teams in the, in the NFC. Then they play the Eagles. There's, I mean, other. I mean, what's the gimme? So that, on that should schedule?
1: be a win. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's the easiest. The Eagles are the easiest game on the Giants' schedule, <laughs> no probably. I mean, yeah. the Giants' schedule is is tough. It really is, and yeah, they played. I mean, I didn't get this. I didn't get a chance to see the whole game yesterday. I saw bits and pieces and highlights. They obviously played pretty well to take New England down to the wire like that. But that doesn't they mean anything.
1: They New England, well, though, yeah,
2: And in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. If they lost, you know. You don't get extra points for only losing by one. You don't get, it, you don't get anything for covering. You know, they lost a the game. They're, that's, that was their fifth loss. I mean, so, I mean, it's crazy to think this. Because that the, that, the Eagles are, like I started by saying, they're not a good team. This is not a – I want to talk to somebody that covered the Panthers last year to, to get their perspective on what it's like covering a team that you know isn't very good but can still win a division. That's, yeah, what that's what it, that's what this is right I'll, I'll now right this, really the nfc question, east I'll, has become the, a, the nfc south of last year where all those teams were in it till the end and they all stay they were under 500
0: and I'll, the panthers won a
2: playoff question. game
1: yeah i'll throw this question out to both you guys so if you who do you think if if bradford played the next seven games or sanchez played the next seven games who do you think they have a better chance with of winning the division
0: it's a great question. I mean, now it's become one. It was kind of this weird hypothetical before because when Bradford was struggling, you thought in the back of your mind, now we saw Sanchez. Here's the one thing I know, and I watched that game, uh, re it on DVR last night. I heard Rich Gannon talking about Sanchez's footwork, how he moves in the pocket. He did make some nice plays, scrambling around when the offensive line wasn't great. He hit Murray on that play up the sideline. That was a great play. Uh, it was, and Chip talked about it on WIP on Monday. I get, this, I get a feeling watching it, that Sanchez will move the offense better. I know Bradford was playing well, much better the last, you know, four, five, six quarters before the injury.
2: I, I don't know. I, I get a weird feeling. My answer might be Sanchez, Mark. I don't think it matters. I really don't. I think there, I don't think one's that much better than the other. I think they each have their strengths. Each have their weaknesses. I'll say this. And I, I mentioned this uh, last night on, um, or Sunday night when I was on channel three, um, Forget the next, the next whatever many games, seven. Last game of the year at the Meadowlands, winner wins the division, loser misses the playoffs. Who would you rather have, Radford or Sanchez? Because there I would want Sanchez. One game with all that on the line, give me a guy who's been there before. And he's been there. Sanchez has been in several big, I mean, from his college career on, has been in a multitude of important games and has won more than he's lost. The guy beat New England in, in, in the playoffs. He beat Tom Brady in a playoff game. Sam Bradford's never been to a playoff game. Sam Bradford's never been to anybody. <laughs> Sam Bradford lost to Hasselback or somebody. who or No, not even. It was uh, Charlie Whitehurst, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, a, it was Whitehurst, in, yeah.
2: In a game that he had to win. So, one game winner take all, I'd rather have Sanchez. The next seven, yeah, I don't care. It doesn't matter.
0: Elliot, um, your answer to your own questions?
1: <laughs> oh, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I think Sanchez, I mean, I agree with Mark to a certain degree. It really probably doesn't matter. But I think if you're getting you're getting the same type of quarterback, at least with Sanchez, I think there's a chance that maybe there's like a spark or something. You know, like who who knows? Maybe they go out next week, they kill the Bucs, they score thirty-five points, then you beat the Lions, and you know, you finally get things rolling. With Bradford through eight games, it kind of looked like that spark was was not coming. I mean, even after Strong play against the the Cowboys with that big overtime win. A strong start to the Dolphins game. Things were unraveling. You know what I mean? Like things. If Bradford stays in that game, do they win? I don't know if they win. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know if Bradford throws an interception. But at the same time, like you said, Joe, he has he has thrown a lot of key reds and interceptions this year. So so I don't know. But I think over these next seven games, I think the Eagles are are slightly better off with Sanchez just because I think. I do think there's a small chance maybe Sanchez can get things going, whereas with Bradford, I just didn't see that spark coming. I, I don't think with Bradford, this team could win three games in a row. I mean, granted, they're not going to win the next three because they have the, the Patriots, but in a larger sense, I don't think Bradford's capable of winning three, four games in a row, whereas Sanchez, I, I do think he, he, so he could pull something like that off.
0: All right, last one for you guys, because we, we kind of talked about that last game of the season, which we've been talking about all year, probably deciding the NFC East. How close are each of you, and I know you probably didn't see the full game because you're at the Eagle game, same time, one o'clock on Sunday. How close are each of you, now that we've buried the Cowboys and they buried themselves, to putting the Redskins back in this thing? They're four and five now. Uh, they just got Rob Ryan fired, and you know they gave a million yards to him. They, they, they put up 40 something points in that game. They're four and five. Uh, they have the Giants in a couple of weeks after their bye. Are the Redskins in this thing, Mark?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, if the Eagles are in it, the Redskins are in it because they're actually ahead of them right now. They're tied and they they beat them. So, yeah. I and I thought the Redskins were the worst team in the league when the season started. I really did, and I, I don't think I was alone thinking that. They I mean they they looked like a mess. The RG three thing, you know, Cousins has played pretty damn well the last few weeks. I I, I have to give him credit. He he was tremendous yesterday. You know, again, New Orleans, he, he got he got a guy fired for being so good, but. Again, I'm looking at the Redskins schedule. That's not easy either. They're at Carolina this week, and they play the Giants. That's well, it's not too bad. maybe. Then they, got, they have Dallas. You know, the Redskins and Cowboys haven't played yet this year. They have the Cowboys twice. They have the Cowboys twice, and are the Cowboys going to care at this point? Does Romo even come back? I mean, who knows? So they could be easier. Then they play the Bears, uh, the Bills, and they're at the Eagles. So, yeah, the Redskins, <laughs> strange as it might sound, yeah, they're certainly in it. I think they'll take. A, I don't think they'll beat Carolina in Carolina this week. So that'll put them a put them a game back. But from the Giants, at least from the Giants, um, but <laughs> I didn't think Carolina was in it last year when, they, when if you would ask me at week ten when Carolina was three and seven or whatever, whatever they were if they were going to win the South so and and they did so. It's who yeah, knows? I mean, who knows?
1: The thing, the thing to me, if you when you ask the question, the first thing to pop in my mind was. Nah, I mean Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. Like they're not in it, but he might be playing the best quarter. He might be the best quarterback in the division right now. I mean with, with Roma hurt, and I mean like the way he's playing, at least statistically. So, and then you know Mark just read off their schedule there. I mean I think
2: they're absolutely in it at this point
1: until um, they so here, here,
2: Here's what's going to happen. You know uh, who they play? They played the, the Cowboys last game. The Redskins are going to go into that last game with a chance to make the playoffs, but Cousins is going to get hurt and RG3 is going to ride to the rescue. What do you think? Oh, I mean, that would be, that'd now, be amazing. You, know, you guys aren't buying that one? You know. And then hey, Tebow looking, will I'm be starting for the story. Eagles. I'm always looking for the a, a good story angle.
1: Tebow will be starting against the Eagles for the Giants. <laughs> I'm against the Giants. So it'll...
0: It's a good, that's a good one no matter what happens here. All right, guys, this has been um, an unpredictable podcast, just like this unpredictable season. The Eagles will take on the Bucks on Sunday. We usually preview the game. I mean, I guess each of you, give me your thoughts moving forward for this week. I mean, it really feels like it's ridiculous to preview these games the way we just don't know what they're going to be week in, week out. Elliot, your thoughts with the Bucks coming up on Sunday. They're favored by seven points at least, the opening line was, which felt ridiculous, but that, that's what it is right now.
1: I, mean, I think they're going to smoke them. I think Sanchez is going to throw maybe seven, eight nine <laughs> touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like five, 600 yards. And a little, No, I think they're going to win. I think – and I – I honestly do think they're win. I do think Sanchez is going to play very well, and I think they'll probably cover.
0: Mark, I don't know. Do um, <laughs> you want to make I, any guarantees? No, I'm not guaranteeing. Should we review <laughs> in radio? Usually, you can say go to the tape. We don't have the tape, but I believe Thanks. last week Mark said it was a stone cold lock
2: and take the Eagles in your suicide pool. Yes, I did. I, I like I said, I've never been I, when I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I don't. I'm not a little bit wrong. Um, <laughs> I thought I had a pretty good poll. We did going. I was, like, a lot of people were getting games wrong with picking Eagles. Oh my God, Eagles are. I was six and, what was, how many games they played? Nine. I was six and two picking the Eagles until the Miami game. And I thought that was pretty damn good for a team that, like everybody says, has been unpredictable. Um, I, and then that, what I saw yesterday, I, I don't, I, I never in a million years thought they'd lose that game. I mean, I didn't say, I didn't, you know, cover, and that's, that's, that's for gamblers. Um, I just thought they'd win. Yeah, I can't pick them to lose to Tampa Bay, can I? No. No, no, I think they'll beat Tampa Bay. Will they cover? I don't know, but I think they'll win by at least one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pick them to beat Tampa Bay.
0: I could tell. I could just hear the, the confidence in the way the Eagles are gonna play It's just Wayne. <laughs> so much be, here.
2: I can't be. I was, <laughs> I was Mister Optimist. I really was. I was the guy painting the, the smiley face on all the, on all the dooms, saying, no, no, they're fine. They're getting better. It, it was gonna take time. Have you know after yesterday, I'm done. I can't be, I can't, no, the smiley faces come off everything. You can't lose that game. You can't lose to a a not good Miami Dolphin team who's playing their, and I can't stress this enough, playing their third straight road game. They should have been, the Dolphins were supposed to be dead at the end of the game. And the Eagles were supposed to roll them. And it it didn't happen. And and there's there's no excuses. There's no explanation. There's no, except that the Eagles aren't very good. So Teams that aren't very good could lose. To t- hey, Tampa Bay beat Dallas in regulation uh, Sunday. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't have to go overtime to beat Dallas. So uh, if Tampa beats them, I'm not going to be surprised. No matter what this team does from here on out, I'm not going to be surprised. Other than that they, if they beat New England, I'll you have Elliot. You'll have to call the medics. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to but... on the phone in, the, the, in Foxborough because that would be the only thing that would surprise me from here on out. If, if you told me they would win, that they're going to win every other game. And lose to New England, I'd say, well, it's kind of hard to do, but it's not okay. Or if you told me they're going to lose every game from here on out, I'd say, you know what, they lost to Miami, you can lose to anybody.
0: So to sum up episode 16, the Eagles aren't very good. We have no idea what's going to happen the rest of the season, yet they're somehow still in this race. Does that sound about right?
2: That's, you got it. You hit it around the head.
0: <laughs> there it is. That was episode 16 of the No Huddles Show. Elliot, thanks for doing this.
1: No problem. Talk to you guys soon.
0: Thanks, Mark.
1: All right, Joe. Thank you.
0: And thanks to all of you for listening to the No Huddle Show right here on NJ.com. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at the No Huddle Show. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. And we'll be back next week after the Eagles and the Bucks uh, on Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field right here on NJ.com.